how do you feel about the business today, aside from the fact that it is a lucrative business for uh, someone of your ability, but how do you feel about performing in it today? Is it more cut and dried? Is there more challenge today? Yeah, there is. Let's take the announce part of it. In those days, the predominant commercial was the one-minute commercial. And, you know, I've always thought of myself as a salesman. My job is to sell. My job as an announcer is to move that stuff out of the supermarket, off the shelf, and into the home. You had a minute commercial. In 60 seconds, you could develop a story, a feel, and a sales message. Today, you're limited. The longest commercial, how long has it been since you've seen a minute commercial? Instead of a big, ugly glass picture tube, you saw the performers in your own mind. You painted your own big-as-life version of each moment with that loving, creative brush we call imagination. I enjoyed the people in it, too. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of loyalty, camaraderie. Mm -hmm. See, we were together so much. The extraordinary thing was the care that went into radio shows. There was a perfection about the radio actor it was extraordinary. It was a very small group of people. And I always felt myself enormously privileged that I was able to join that group because they didn't take everybody in. And radio, as we're talking about it tonight, is gone. Now, how do you feel about that? Is someone at fault? That's a very, very tough one. I don't know. I suppose it comes down to a criticism of networks, or uh, networks certainly had to make a choice there. You can't be both listening to the radio and looking at the television, and I suppose they put their money on the chips of television at the time. I've always wondered why it had to be. Welcome to Breaking Walls, episode 144. My name is James Scully. Few industries underwent as much change in a 10-year period as radio. Tonight on Breaking Walls, we present part two of our miniseries on radio in the world in the fall of 1957. If this is your first time listening to Breaking Walls, welcome to the show. You can find this series on every podcasting platform and at thewallbreakers.com. Tonight's opening song is Michael Silverman's piano rendition of Adovino Petrucci's 16th century processional dance, The Pavane. Join the Breaking Walls Facebook group to keep in touch with news, snippets, photos, and other additions to the podcast at facebook.com slash groups slash thewallbreakers. And the first eight chapters of Burning Gotham are out everywhere you can get a podcast and at burninggotham.com. It was a 2022 Tribeca Film Festival audio selection. You can also support these shows for as little as $1 per month at patreon.com slash thewallbreakers.
I think I just want to read some uh, notes that I wrote here on the back of a record jacket that I did for Pittsburgh Paints. I did a number of radio commercials for them. And uh, this uh, apropos, I believe, it says, I have been a radio buff as long as I can remember. Longer, actually. According to my mother, there was a table Philco in the delivery room of the California Lutheran Hospital, dragged along by the nurse who hated to miss young Dr. Malone. <laughs> I was born on August 7th between a Rinso commercial and the NBC chimes, <laughs> which makes me a Leo with Lever Brothers as my rising sign. <laughs> p.m. on Wednesday, October 2nd, Game 1 of the 1957 World Series took to the air. It pitted the Milwaukee Braves against the New York Yankees from Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. Bob Neal and Earl Gillespie were on the call for NBC Radio, while Mel Allen and Al Helfer telecast the game. The upstart Braves were led by future Hall of Famers Hank Aaron, Eddie Matthews, and Warren Spahn. The defending champion Yankees were led by Mickey Mantle, Yogi Berra, Whitey Ford, and manager Casey Stengel. Now for the 19th consecutive year, the Gillette Cavalcade of Sports brings you baseball's championship classic. To thank you for using its products, Gillette airs sports events the year-round, including the Rose Bowl game, Blue Gray game, Kentucky Derby, All-Star Baseball game, and the best in boxing every Friday night. This broadcast is authorized on the broadcasting rights granted by the Commissioner of Baseball solely for the entertainment of our listening audience. And any publication, rebroadcast, or other use of the descriptions and accounts of this game without the express consent of the Commissioner is prohibited. A battle of southpaws in this first game of the 1957 World Series. And as we look down from our perch here at Yankee Stadium, the veteran southpaw Warren Spahn, cranking up and tossing down to Bob Keeley, the bullpen catcher coach, the 36-year-old left-hander, one of the great southpaws in the history of the game, this year in the National League, finished with a record of 21 victories and 11 defeats. Across from Warren Spahn on the first base side... The Braves moved to Milwaukee from Boston after the 1952 season, leaving Beantown to the Red Sox finishing in the first division the previous four seasons before breaking through and winning the 1957 NL pennant. The Yankees were playing in their 23rd World Series in 37 seasons. Now Ford's earned run average for the season just passed, a very brilliant 2.58. He appeared in 24 ball games. Warren Spahn, appearing in 39 games, had an earned run average of 2.69. This will be the 54th World Series. And for the first time in the history of this colorful classic, the New York Yankees, favorites again in 57, meet for the first time the Milwaukee Braves, who twice in their baseball history have appeared in the Fall Classic. That was back in 1914 when the then Miracle Braves of Boston, Massachusetts moved up from last place after July the 4th to overtake the leaders and win the National League flag and their great momentum of that final splurge carried them through the World Series as they knocked off the Philadelphia Athletics for a world championship. 
Now, the last time the Braves moved into that World Series was 1948. They lost to the Cleveland Indians. Warren Spahn, in that series, had one victory and one defeat. Whitey Ford makes his third World Series start today. Last year, he lost the opener to the Brooklyn Dodgers at colorful Ebbett Field. And the year before, he was victorious in the opening game of the series here at Yankee Stadium. The Yankees were playing in their 23rd World Series in 37 seasons. The Braves would win the series four games to three. The next year, the two teams would meet again, this time with the Yankees taking the series in seven games. Both the Yankees and the Braves clinched their pennants on the same night a week ago last Monday, and they finished strong by finishing eight games in front of the number two ball club. The Yankees had quite a battle in their hand from the Chicago White Sox, and it wasn't until late August, early September, that the Yankees began to show that championship brand that has carried them into eight of the last nine years in uh, pennants. Now, Warren Spahn this afternoon, Whitey Ford, for the New York Yankees, let's look at the starting lineups. For manager Fred Haney, who is making his first appearance in the World Series, it'll be Red Shandings at second base. Johnny Logan at short. Eddie Matthews at third. Henry Aaron in center field. He was the major league leader in home runs with 44. And a runs batted in with 132. Joe Adcock at first base. The veteran right fielder, Andy Pepko. Wes Covington and left. Del Crandall catching. And Warren Spahn, the starter. For the New York Yankees, defending world champions this afternoon, Hank Bauer in right field. Gil McDougal at short. Mickey Mantle starting in center field. Bill Scowron at first base. Yogi Berra, catching. Andy Carey, at third base. Jerry Coleman, at second base. The rookie from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, wearing a Yankee uniform, Tony Kobach, playing that tough left field. And the left-hander, Whitey Ford, is the pitcher. The 1957 World Series is being brought to you from Yankee Stadium in New York. This is John Cameron Swayze with news of a significant advance in the science of writing. In my years of news reporting, I've had many a pen stop writing just when I needed it most. The following day, comedian Artie Arabach, best known for playing Mr. Kitzel on the Jack Benny program, passed away of a heart attack. That same day, the New York Times columnist Jack Gould criticized NBC for attempting to televise the World Series in color. Because of its remarkable lubricating and anti-clogging properties, Papermate's new ink formula with Flojin writes all the time and every time, even on hard-to-write surfaces such as checks, glossy photos, even glass. So get smooth, dependable.